Shalom Aleichem, welcome to The Schmooze. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Cameron Bernstein. Cameron is an artist and Yiddishist from the Chicagoland Jewish community. She graduated from the University of Chicago in 2020 with a BS in statistics and a minor in Jewish studies, and has worked within the nonprofit space to improve health access and equity in her city. She began learning Yiddish her fourth year at university, and since graduating has channeled her education into making engaging and accessible content about Yiddish language, culture, and history across platforms like TikTok and Instagram. Cameron recently joined the staff at the Yiddish Book Center as a 2021-22 fellow and is working in the area of communications and publishing. Welcome, Cameron. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking a few minutes. Um, I know you are nothing if not busy here at the center. Yeah, um, lots of lots of stuff to do. <laughs> and lucky for us that you're, you're helping us with all of this. Um, so first question I have, obviously, is what drew you to Yiddish? Yeah, so I, unfortunately, or I guess fortunately in this case, forgot to register for classes my senior year of college um, going into that. And I had this open space and I knew I liked languages. I wanted a not statistics course to take. And I wanted a way to connect and engage with my Jewish identity um, through my course. And so the Yiddish class was open. I took it and it was quite a pleasure. There was just so much to explore through the Yiddish language um, that it became a really fun um, thing to learn about uh, through through my education. Um, and then I just kept on growing with that interest, especially as the pandemic hit, um, because I could go into the archives of and explore the past, even though I couldn't explore the world around me due to the pandemic. Um, so so that's that's the, the short of it. Well, it's a good and very honest answer. Um, <laughs> I love how you tripped into it. Um, so I first heard about you before you arrived at, at the center as a, a bit, if I may, of a Yiddish TikTok sensation. And again, my question is, why TikTok and why Yiddish focus? I, I was also curious to know, um, if there are other u- others using that platform as an outlet for Yiddish-related content. Yes. So um, after I graduated, um, I, I had learned one year of Yiddish because I started it my senior year of college. And I knew that I wanted to keep language an active part of my life. And in order to uh, have it, you, you have to use it in order to not lose it. Um, TikTok was a platform that was entertaining uh, and um, so I, I realized that if I kept on creating small, short videos in Yiddish, I could practice my grammar, I could write scripts, I could edit them, um, I could share about history and culture. Um, so it, it started it as a, a, a selfish sort of learning opportunity, but as I continued, um, I, I realized that there were a lot of people on the app who were interested in Yiddish and hadn't been connected through other platforms to the language. And so um, I realized that like I was the first meaningful point of contact that a lot of people had for Yiddish. And that was uh, a point of encouragement for me to 
keep on creating the content there. There's a couple of other Yiddishists on TikTok, um, Reb Noyich. Uh, there's um, a young student at, uh, they moved from the UK and are currently in Missouri, I believe. There's not too many of us. I think I was the first, <laughs> being honest. Um, yes. In, 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 in that you kind of, and I hope you'll forgive me for you, tripped into what have you, Yiddish, which is a lucky thing for all of us. Um, are you surprised or were you surprised as you began to sort of explore it, that it, it was this very broad culture? Um, I, I wasn't so surprised. Um, I had taken a class at my university. We have a sequence called Civilizations, um, and we had uh, that you, ha- you have to take. And so I chose to take Jewish Civilization, which is kind of a, um, an interesting premise, because what is a civilization? Did Judaism have it? Um, how are we going to connect all of these various cultures? Um, but, you know, I had gotten an English perspective on the large arc of Ashkenazi Jewish history. Uh, and then learning the Yiddish language was a way to engage with all of these documents in their original sources. And so, um, so I, I, I did have a um, did have an understanding. Also, thankfully, my Hebrew school education was was quite comprehensive, which isn't an experience that I, I don't think all of my peers feel like they were well served by their Hebrew school education to like understand how broad Jewish and Yiddish culture um, was and is. Um, but I certainly had that experience. And, um I guess full disclosure, you and I are working together at the center, which <laughs> yes. is okay. I would say big yay to that because I'm finding it so interesting, Cameron, to see how you engage with Yiddish in your work here as a fellow. And you've only been here a month, and it's been a month with many holidays. But I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about how you approach it because I find the way that you sort of, it's not the word meander, but <laughs> I think you've described it as going down rabbit holes. It's just fascinating um, the connections you make, both visual, intellectual, et cetera. So tell me how you conceptualize and and sort of how you think creatively about engaging an audience. Yeah, I think uh, I am so lucky here that I get to just be curious um, and explore wherever that curiosity follows. And so I think I have a bit of a jack of all trades background, like, I like the visual graphic arts. Uh, I'm a fan of pop culture. I was a statistics major and um, have a a deep love and enjoyment of science. And also, you know, um, uh, I I like the literature. And so when you put all of these together um, and when you have a full, a very full, full body of work that is found in the Yiddish language, I can explore everything and anything and it is found within Yiddish. So um, I can start with the example of just like when I first got here, I was wandering the the stacks of our beautiful center and I just grab, I would grab books that caught my eye because of um, nice graphic design. And the one I have right in front of me is called uh, De Madame Sanatoria. And that is a, a play by Zygmunt Turkov. And so I see this book, I see that it's interesting. It's actually a play. Um, It's got some interesting 
um, photos on the front and an ink drawing. And I hear sanatorium and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I really like medical history. Um, what do I have to find in Yiddish about medical history? And so through the Medem Sanatorium, um, I learned about this Polish um, uh, sanatorium established by the, the Bund in, I believe, Warsaw. And, you know, I can follow the story of the, the historical thing. I can see through there the history of, um, they named the sanatorium after Vladimir Medem, and that, that takes me into a lot of history. Um, and then I, like, also look at, oh, where was this book published? And it was published in Mexico. And then I decide to look at who was the publisher? What were other things that that publisher did? Like, what is... And then I look at some oral histories of maybe people who had seen the play. Um, and you you just create this very long link um, of starting from a single document. And then you go off and explore some more and share that with others. That's that's generally the process, I would say. <laughs> it You know, it's a, an interesting time, I think, here at the center because we've been around for 40 years. We have rescued, what, like well over a million books. And it feels like it's a time when there's so much um, interest on, in so many different ways with, if I may, you know, sort of the generation of recently graduated students um, and, and more. And what you're all doing as you explore aspects of the culture is really fascinating, um, you know, from translation to performance art to, you know, artistic expression, et cetera. And again, this is something that's really fun to see in, in your approach. You seem to be very artistic, um, very visually oriented, and curious if that's also an entry point for you. I mean, some of the books that you're finding are beautifully produced, yes? I would say so. And I think um, looking for that visual interest, especially when I was an even more beginner Yiddish student, um, was something that helped me greatly explore and like not feel overwhelmed because, you know, it's, it's a, like all, all books, you have some very text heavy books, um, but the vocabulary can be more intimidating and it can just be really draining to stare at a single page. And so when I was starting um, to read Yiddish more and um, as I was improving my vocabulary, I leaned very heavily towards books with illustration, towards um, children's novels, um, whatever I could find to just break up the text, um, look at figures and drawings from scientific documents you know, ways to connect the, the Yiddish words to the material culture um, as well that we would, that people might illustrate in the books. Um, so I think it's, it's good for my self-preservation to not get tired <laughs> as I read longer books. Um, and it's also a really easy way to share what I've learned with other people when I'm able to, um, you know, share, uh, for example, an image of a skeleton moose with my friend um, who doesn't speak Yiddish, but like, Hey, I found this in this Yiddish novel. Isn't that so cool? And they're like, 
I don't know the letters, but like, I see that, um, you know, it's helpful for other people for me to connect that, that visual image with um, the words of the Yiddish language, the Mamalishan. And I do love the way you make those connections. I'm so eager to see what you spin out. And um, if I may ask you, um, you mm-hmm. know, just before you started here or sort of about the same time on your own personal social platform, you did this incredible post about the Met Gala and books pairing them. Yeah. Who could have imagined who would have thought of that other than you, Cameron, um, but <laughs> Um, I'd love to get into your head a little bit about how, one, you came up with the construct and how hard it was. I mean, the, the, the pairings were brilliant. And it's a way to, again, open up the literature to those who aren't familiar with it in that, you know, the just featuring the object itself, the book. Um, so can you share a little bit about that? Sure. So... Um, I'd seen on TikTok some other people create their own takes on all of these beautiful um, dresses and clothing things at the Met Gala. And so I was like, I'd love to figure out some way to connect this to Yiddish. Not exactly sure how, but I went through the Vogue article that had like all of the different people's dresses. And then I created a classification. I'm like, okay, so this dress, like feathers, purple long geometric and then like kept on doing that for all of those documents and then um gosh yeah this was at the beginning of my time here at the center um and I I just decided to walk through uh, our repository and our vault and anytime I saw a book that had interesting colors interesting graphic design just took pictures I think I have about like 120 on my phone um, more, not exactly sure. Um, and then I went home over the weekend and just had all of the descriptions of the dresses on the right, all of my Yiddish books on the left. And like very quickly, I started seeing these connections between them. Um, especially because the Met Gala's theme this year was like, a lexicon of American fashion, it was trying to create this fashion history across like centuries, just as the Yiddish book graphic design was influenced by the artistic movie, um, artistic movements across these decades that had some overlap. And so um, because people were making these beautiful graphic design choices for these Yiddish texts, it it became very easy to match it with these bold um, design choices for the the dresses and then putting it on Twitter was a really easy way for me to again engage people of like every single level of like you know you're an expert and you can pick out that that book I shared um this Lennon book like oh I my friend my friend saw the Lennon book that I had put up um to compare with on a uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez's dress that said tax the rich And he said, like, oh, that book, I didn't know it existed. Now I'd really like to read it. And so I created an opportunity for my friend to learn about this book and go off and read it. But, you know, other people could just say, like, I didn't know Yiddish had avant-garde design. And like with the Milgram um, avant-garde journal that came out of Berlin and um, it became a way for, you know, um, non-Yiddish uh, historians or just people who like fashion, people who like graphic design, art, like anyone can engage with that 
particular sort of thread that I put up. Um, it was really exciting to see. Um, very fun. Yeah, there are a lot of different way, levels that it works on. And, um, you know, you've been working also um, alongside the other fellows um, who are here this year, doing what I would term Herculean task of uh, unpacking what's safe to say a mountain of boxes of Yiddish books that have been arriving at the Yiddish Book Center almost on a daily basis. As <laughs> if you turn around, another one shows up um, over the last many months. Um, and they needed to be processed. So it's great that you're doing it. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what's involved and what piques your interest as you're doing this? Yeah, so my job mostly lies in communications, but um, because we've had that mountain of books uh, in our space and other spaces started to open up, um, we've needed the mountain of books to not be in that space. So um, I would help out with them and um, we would process uh, donations. Um, so you know, opening a mystery box, seeing if someone had put a story um, along with, you know, these books that they have lovingly parted with um, because they know that they can't quite use it, but the Yiddish Book Center might find a good home for it, or the Yiddish Book Center is the good home for it. Um, and uh, some of the books were like, ah, yes, my my old friend, Shalom Aleichem, um, hello, welcome to the center. You can uh, rest here with your uh, 200 other brethren. Um, and then other ones, uh, as we're just unpacking them, um, if I'm with the other fellows, we can share like our pockets of knowledge with each other and what we know about the book. So it becomes a really, even though I work in communications most of the time, um, I found that unboxing time really important as a way to collaborate with the other fellows and like just learn from them, um, learn from these books that are coming out. Um, and in the similar way of me walking around the stacks and like finding books to start my, my rabbit hole process as the, the vault and the repository, those are pretty well organized. And so when you have the box of unprocessed donations, then it can still be, um, you, you can still bump into a little bit of chaos that, that bumps you down a, a rabbit hole, that bumps me down a rabbit hole that I will then share <laughs> on the Yiddish Book Center's um, various media with other people. We should probably mention for listeners who aren't familiar, we have a one-year fellowship um, and recent graduates uh, apply um, and you work as full-time staff along with the rest of us uh, in different programmatic areas and your programmatic areas focusing on uh, communication, um, which is why you're doing a lot of this social media work <laughs> yesterday in the midst of a <laughs> social media going dark. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. in, <laughs> but in any case, um, yeah, that, that, that is your area of concentration. And I wonder if you're surprised that you found your way to spending a year here um, in a professional capacity with Yiddish. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit surprised. Um, it's definitely not what I would have um, expected when I started college, um, even up to my junior year. Uh, and I was like, oh, uh, I, I well, I still am a pre-med. I'm currently applying to medical school. Um, Yiddish is a bit of a, a, 
I don't think it's a departure. Other people might think it's a departure. Um, so uh, last year I worked at a, a, a dental health equity sort of nonprofit organization in Chicago, the Oral Health Forum. Um, and because I was doing my Yiddish TikTok um, and because I wanted to continue working on Yiddish, like it, it felt like a natural choice to apply for the fellowship, um, even though it wasn't an expected uh, happening that I would um, actually get to come here and make Yiddish my full-time job on my way to who knows what else. Well, you know, there's a long history of great Yiddish writers working as tradespeople by day and writing in cafes at night. So there you go. You just yeah. flipped it. <laughs> um, yeah. and, which makes me also want to ask you this question. What do you think all of these writers would have made of all of this? Goodness, all of all of social media, all of the center. <laughs> um, I I think of all um, of all of it that it, that it's now become again part of a landscape, part of a conversation, um, and also what you're doing with it that 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 it is reaching people as we might want to say in new ways in the work that mm. you're doing um in in sharing it out and and getting people at least to build awareness um and then people can you know further that discovery from there yeah um i think while yiddish has a long history of uh advocates for the language um to the outside world that other languages haven't necessarily needed. Perhaps other languages would advocate for their cultures. Um, but uh, I mean, we've got Yivo, we've got people assembling massive lexicons of Yiddish writers. Um, I think in the past, a lot of it has been very internally focused when it comes to these uh, high, higher level. Mm. When it comes to like the Yiddish Yiddish documents. Um, I think people would be excited uh, to see how we're taking these older books and um, making new connections with the outside world. I mean, Yiddish is a world culture and it deserves contact with um, other things that are happening in the world. Um, and goodness. And, and, you know, there's a long history of parody um, and interpretation of older stories and older theater songs, perhaps. So I, I think it's a continuation of the same thing people have been doing. Um, but perhaps uh, I think I think people would be quite confused about this newfangled TikTok and perhaps a little disappointed at my attention span um, with a single document. But <laughs> I think they would be they would be pleased. I hope they would get a laugh out of what I'm doing. Uh, well, if I could speak for them, I'll at least speak for us. We love what you're doing, Cameron. And it'll be really fun to see it unfold um, and to see what you can introduce all of us to. And, and also just for us to think outside the box, if I may, a bit, um, which is just, it's tremendous. So thank you and um, look forward to working with all of you this, this year ahead. So um, thanks for joining me. And Good luck with it all and stay in touch with the podcast.
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll see you soon. And um, it's been a pleasure to speak with you today on this. All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Elizabeth Carteropoli. Until next time, be well and be healthy.